Hey, welcome back to the Infest Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And we're recording this on Thursday, so a lot of things might change between now and Sunday when we release this. Um, so I, we're not going to talk about the Ant-Man box office other than the fact that it's... <laughs> so bad. Now it's a bit much. No, it's like, so bad. It's not even funny. It's just like it's so horrible. I I I feel bad. Why is the movie two hours and four minutes long? That's what I want to know. No, it, it it from the story itself, it it deserved that two hours and four minutes. It, it absolutely did. I feel the problem like, with. I feel like it's forty four minutes too long. No, no. This <laughs> like I I've told you the story is good, the execution and everything else. Except Paul Rudd, mm. and although Michelle Pfeiffer, I thought she did a decent job. I was Jonathan I was reading Major. that they tried their best to make Paul Rudd seem just like not a galactic treasure. <sighs> Let's just put it this way: he had probably probably had the least amount of screen time as he has had in any Ant Man yeah. movie. Just put it, I I can just only answer it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's why, um, what's his name? Um, Jeff Loveless. Again, how is he qual? How's he qualified to write oh. a major motion picture? That He's is not. the kickoff for a franchise. There a franchise is next, you know, whatever this is, um, phase. Yes. I was really hoping this whole about- unqualified, like creator thing was just going to be a phase for Marvel, but it's not, it's over. And, and again, we, this, to be fair, this was during that two year period where they did this with all this stuff, but he's the question. This is the question. Yeah. And we talked about this to earlier today. Cause I said, there's no way they can justify keeping this guy for the Kang movies, which he is supposedly writing. So, and he said, what he's going to do is he's going to give Jonathan majors like, major input about what he wants to do with the characters rather than being like, I have a plan. This is the plan. You're going to act the shit out of it. Can I be honest though? Based on what I saw in Ant quantum mania, Jonathan majors would do a better job of that part of it than this guy would. Can, can I be honest? That never works out when you let the actors have that kind of control because he'll inevitably go full Jonathan majors and there will be zero restraint, and that's how you end up with Deadpool too. Uh, what is full Jonathan Majors? Who knows? Yeah, no. What I'm saying, I'm I've saying, seen Ant Man. Yeah, it could I'm be just, bad. I, I know what you're saying, and I, that's you, you're you're right. What I'm saying though is, it would work out better for me, maybe, or not for me for the for Kang, because it is. I'm basically saying this guy is trash as a writer. Yeah, and sure. He yeah, he, he definitely is trash like, as a writer. The he more input he has of anything. In the Kang movies, the more input is the worse it's going to be. Right. So the least, but so that's what I'm basically saying. Sure. Like this guy can't do that movie. Actors are husks of people, so they do best when they're told what to do and told what to do well. That's what I'm saying. Except, uh, I yeah, I know that's what you're saying. Except when you have writers that suck like that. Yeah. So, So, I mean, I get he made the best of a bad situation, but like, don't you think by like. The second time out, if it's like that again, I mean, this is actually the second time out because he was he did not have a lot of meat to chew with Loki. Um, 
So anyway, all right. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to see more interested to see how he is in Creed three because it's got a good writer and it'll be a challenge to see how Michael B. Jordan handles someone who people are considering to be a better actor than him. So oh, he's a better actor than Michael B. Jordan. He absolutely is. How dare you? And I, and I like Michael B. Jordan. How dare you? I, 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 I don't, I've seen, I've seen him in majors and Jordan, probably the same amount of things. Yeah. And again, I, Did re- you see I really like Michael. Yeah. Oh, yeah a long he's time so ago. Good. He's so good in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's great as Creed. He's great as Donnie. I love him in that. That's what I was going to say. I think, um, I, I know people talk about Killmonger, but yeah. I think as an actor, I think he does a better job with it as Adonis Creed than yes. he does as Killmonger. Like he was in, um, that awkward moment with Miles Teller and Zach Efron. He's great in that movie. He's the straight man to their idiocy. <laughs> and, so. you know, I tend to forget this sometimes, but he was in Chronicle. Yeah. He was the bad guy in Chronicle. The bad guy? Yeah, right. he was trying to keep Dane, Dane DeHaan from reaching his full potential as oh a superhero. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's where you're going with I mean, that. Dane DeHaan <laughs> just wanted to save the world. <laughs> I mean, that's all he wanted to do in... And I'm Michael gonna... B. Jordan and the other jabroni were like, no, we're not going to save the world. We're going to stop. We're going to try and stop you. And it turned into this big bloody battle across Seattle. Got a bunch of people killed. Got Michael B. Jordan's character killed. No, they, they should have just been like, you know what, Dane DeHaan's character? You got this. We're going to be your minions. Let's do it. But they I'm were too worried about girls and sports and going to college. Too bad. I'm gonna have so to watch that. that. I haven't watched that in a long time. I know. I, I now I want to watch it. Nah, like I kind of want to stop doing the podcast I know, I really... right now and just go watch it at this very second. <laughs> anyway, all right. We've been we've been pantering for too long. Uh so Hellboy news. <laughs> uh so Not this again. this article Please. landed today, this morning from the Hollywood Reporter. Hellboy movie, the Crooked Man casts actor Jack Kesey, Casey as the anti-hero. Um, there's a new Hellboy in town. Actor Jack Kesey will don the red makeup for the Crooked Man, Millennium Media's new take on the comic book anti-hero. Crooked Man is set in the 1950s and finds Hellboy stranded in rural Appalachia. Hellboy and a rookie agent of the BPRD... Um, discovers a small community haunted by witches led by a local devil with a troubling connection to Hellboy's past, the Crooked Man. Um, it's from the co-director of Crank. I don't know if you saw Crank. Um, oh, a while ago. Yeah. But it was a great, like, frenetic movie. Um, Mike, Magnol- yes. Mike, Mike Mignola is, uh, wrote the script with Christopher Golden. So I'm actually kind of interested in this um well yeah I, I i'm a huge christopher golden fan like with some i used to read his books all the time mm-hmm. so i saw that and i was like oh yeah that's i mean it, anything will be better than what we got yeah from you know what i'm talking about <sighs> yeah that guy um so yeah and if david keys isn't familiar to you um he was black tom Casty in deadpool 2 he was in michael jordan's without remorse he was in thor's 12 strong um he did a bunch of episodes of claws on tbs 20 or 30 of them to be exact um 
and he did, he was the master. He was the bad guy in the strain. So, um, those are his most notable notes. Oh, and he played Leon in Baywatch, which I'm trying to think of who Leon was in the Baywatch show. So there, there's that, that, so he wasn't super memorable there. But I don't know. So it's, I'm interested. Like I, I like I like anything with the BPRD. Um, I, I really hope though they're not like, oh well, we're back in the '50s, but we're gonna put a modern twist on how people in the '50s should have acted. Uh, so, um, and here's a quote from uh, Jonathan Younger, the co-president of Millennium. Jack Keese is a dynamic actor who has the ability to morph into his roles. His talent and stature are perfect for this younger Hellboy. I was very impressed with him while working together on The Outpost. Okay. Um, honestly, I think the further we can get away from Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman and, and, and put um, David Harbour and just in the rearview mirror, just in general, not just for Hellboy, just, I mean, in general, um, Hellboy will get better, and especially if Mignola is in, in, in involved in it. Yeah. So, so I actually really like the original Hellboy movies. Yeah, I do too. Um, I and then the problem, and then we got to the David Harbor one. I I still haven't finished that. I never bothered. It was so bad. He's awful. He's just such a bad. It actor. is terrible. It was terrible. Yes. And what, like you said, with the Mike Mignola involved, Christopher Golden, who, who is great with the you know horror, urban fantasy type mm-hmm. thing, like those two involved with this. I, you know, I got to say I, that it's I wasn't I wasn't the Harbor David Harbor one I wasn't excited for. I I didn't think it was going to be that bad. This one with the creative minds behind it, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, looking forward to seeing what they can cook up. Yeah, I mean, same. I, um, I I like Hellboy. I really like the BPRD. That that's my favorite part of like the whole Hellboy thing, anyway. Um, but yeah. All righty, let's move on to the next story. Um, this is a fun one, actually. So this is a, a movie that's coming out called Grand Death Lotto. Um. It's Paul Feig, so that has me worried. Um, but he's directed a feature set in the economically challenged California where the lottery comes with a new provision, kill the winner, win the money. Okay, so that's kind of, like if it's a comedy, that's kind of funny. Um, it's starring John Cena, which, okay, like that, like I think John Cena's good in these offbeat comedies. If you watch um, like Vacation Friends on Hulu, he's actually really quite good in that. Um, but they're pairing him with a um, a duo that I can only describe as a, a just a, a talent suck and and just completely unlikable with uh, Aquafina and our good friend, no to pedophile, Simu Liu. <laughs> friend of I'm the sorry, show. Let me say, a friend of the show, alleged pedophile, Simu Liu. <laughs> um, yeah, this dude is like such a piece of crap, right? He was he he was in the celebrity NBA All Star game, and they did like the celebrity lookalikes, and they just picked the random Asian kid in the in the crowd, and he got all offended. When then they did Molly Ringwald, and they picked some kid who had big red hair. Yeah, like what are you offended about, you fucking baby? 
someone is just going to have to tell him in those terms. Shut the f up. I, I think someone needs to just kick the crap. Like I'm not. Never mind. Like yeah, no. Someone should. Like someone shouldn't do this in reality. But like he's definitely someone who who says a lot of things that could use a solid punch in the face. Not that yes. I'm saying anyone but should do it, that. Don't punch him in the face because he'll cry. And I don't like you know I don't I don't want to see a grown quote unquote man cry. Um, <laughs> So the synopsis is new LA transplant Katie. So she's Katie again. So this is the this is the sequel to to Shang Chi. Uh, accidentally <laughs> finds herself with a winning lottery with a winning ticket and must join forces with an amateur jackpot protector, Noel, who is played by John Cena, to make it to Sundown in order to claim her multi billion dollar prize. All while dealing with Noel's protection rival, Lewis Lewis. Was it Lulu? Yeah, right. Who also <laughs> wants to get her to sundown in order to claim his rich protection commission? Um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, this, this probably is going to be a fun, dumb movie. I'm not going to lie. Um, we need more of these. Like, it needs to be kind of a raunchy, like horror comedy in the vein of Zombieland or uh, a Scout's Guide to Surviving Zombie Apocalypse. I've never seen that last. But time. oh, it's so funny. Um. But I worry that with him involved, it's going to be like, oh, no, we can't do that. I'm offended. Yeah, it, it, it is one of those. It sounds like one of those just, like you said, fun, dumb right. movies that right. you're like, oh, I have 90 minutes or whatever to kill. Mm. Let me just flip. Flip this right. on, see what this is. Yes, 90 oh. minutes is the max for this movie, right? If you can oh, keep absolutely. it around 85, perf. Um, 72, even better. Um, <laughs> then that's not a movie. <laughs> what? That's An a hour long and 12 episode. minutes is a movie. <laughs> I mean, if you get technical, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean we need to go back to the sub 90 minute movie. Most 85 minutes 80 movies. to 85 minutes like that would be great yeah so i mean there were a lot of movies like that in the 80s yeah those 90 minute movies right they were the it was, it was the golden age um anyway um yeah okay so let's move on next topic um because i want to get to talking about the last of us I'm so excited about this week's episode. Um, the the marvelous mrs Maisel has set its season five premiere date premiere date for its final bow which will be april 14th of this year it'll drop the first three episodes uh followed weekly by the remaining four episodes of the seven episode fifth and final season i stopped to finish season four because like last year like when i moved is when it first came out and i think you remember i didn't turn the tv on for like the first month i lived in the house yeah so i was like yeah i, I i'm yeah. still i'm still i'm only halfway through season two it's so such I a good go show. And, and you, you know, like, oh, it absolutely I, I couldn't yeah. count it on my best of. Like last year was the first time that it was aired during the year that it wasn't my favorite show of the year. Mm -hmm. So, um, but like Rachel Brosnan is so great. Um, oh, she's awesome. She's so great in the role. Actually, if you want to see another really good role for her, the first three seasons of House of Cards, she's, she's, uh, to quote the member berries, she's fantastic. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I, I don't want to read too much of this because I don't want to be spoiled by season four. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, th- this is a great show. Um, she's amazing. I, I look forward to seeing what she does next. Um, and I think Amazon is smart. Three episodes. Five week season total. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a great way to do that. Um, yeah, but you're on season two, so I don't really even want to talk too much about what happened because I don't want to spoil that for you. Um, so yeah, are you ready to to flashback? <laughs> yes. Okay. So The Last of Us, season one, episode seven, Left Behind, directed by Liza Johnson, written by Neil Cuckman. Um, Ellie in an injured Joel shelter in an abandoned house. As Joel approaches death, he urges Ellie to leave him. She remembers her time in Fedra Military School, which she attended with her best friend, Riley Abel. What a horrible name. Ellie causes trouble and fights with her peers. Riley ran away and has been missing for three weeks. What? (laughs) Riley sneaks back into their dorm room and reveals to Ellie that she's joined the Fireflies. She brings Ellie to an abandoned mall where they explore a photo booth, an arcade, and a carousel, and a taco stand. Why are they leaving the taco stand out of this synopsis? That was the most important place they went to. Anyway, um, Riley tells Ellie the Fireflies have assigned her to a post in Atlanta and that it's her last night in Boston. While Ellie is initially upset, she convinces Riley to stay and they kiss. They kissed. Because that's so important to show teenage girls kissing each other. An infected attack. Uh, an infected attacks them, and Ellie Ellie manages to kill it. Which I will say, she's pretty good with that knife. But both get bitten during the struggle. Tearfully, they decide to stay together and wait for the infection to take hold. In the present, Ellie finds a sewing needle and begins to stitch up Joel's wound. Notice they say stitch up and not fix Joel's wound because at no point did she use any kind of antiseptic or get it. No, anything to clean the wound. Oh. So I, that's actually what I said when I watched that. It's like, yeah, they there is no and it's not not at all. Not yeah. from and nope. you know there's gonna be splinters in yeah. there too. Oh from yeah. the bat. Oh yeah. Okay. So just to get out of the way. Out of five worthless flashbacks. Out of two. Five, a two? Okay. Two. I went one point yeah. five. Um I took off a half a point because one, I was bored to tears. And two the Wish version of Zendaya is a worse actor than Bella Ramsey. Yeah. So I told you this earlier. I didn't think Bella Ramsey, until before this episode, you know, we saw her in Game of Thrones. We saw her in this, the first six episodes. And I thought she was doing a, a decent job. This episode... First, I, I agree with you. I was absolutely bored to tears. Mm-hmm. It, it was so, so boring. So boring. Mm-hmm. We cut it off. The, like the Sunday, we tried to watch it and cut it off after 15 minutes. I was jumping ahead. <laughs> I I told you if we weren't reviewing this, I would have completely skipped this episode. I would have gone to the last two minutes of the episode. I would not have watched this. I begged you not to talk uh, about it this week because <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to subject myself to I it. I did not. I <laughs> I was, it, man, like even my buddy who we do, he was like, I had to power through this episode. Like, it was so boring. And back to Bella Ramsey, mm-hmm. I thought she was fine until 
this episode and her being front and center without Pedro Pascal yeah. to play off of, it sh- it does show some deficient yeah. the room she has to grow as an actress. And I hate so, so much saying this. You know I do. But, man, he's actually a good actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, like, brings everybody. In every scene he's in, he brings everybody up around mm-hmm. him. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, I, I like the girls had no chemistry at all. Like the puppy dog eyes that she was constantly giving her. It's like, okay, okay. Um, Lisa, Lisa Johnson, like, like tell her to cut that shit out. Like we know yeah, it's obvious. Like, you know, it, it, it's great. We, we've, we've known about this. Um, what, what is the term? What is the saying? It's like, look, don't treat your audience like idiots. Show don't you know, tell, one, you know, but yeah, one, one covert stare or or not stare but just glance little glances yeah that's all you need you don't yeah. need the every time uh, her yeah. looking over oh let me make sure my hair is okay yeah and, uh the victoria yeah. you, you do that in a wrong gross considering they're teenage girls um you know uh but yeah again, more, absolutely that more was pedophilia high school like hollywood shit uh i will say the best thing that came out of this was the uh the origin story of the joke book <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the most, that is the most captivating thing. It's like, wow, we found out where she found the puns. <laughs> uh, how did you know when a f- cannibal gets uh, food poisoning, he throws up his hands? I mean, that's actually not bad. That's, the, you know, whoever wrote yeah. that is pretty funny. I like it. Um, I, I think they took the easy way out by not showing um, Wish Zendaya's character die. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, so see, I feel like Bella Ramsey peaked as an actor when the night King rose her from the dead. Um, <laughs> and you know, when she was like, wow, going across, um, but I, like that might've given her something more that like would have like salvaged this episode as something better than what it is um but again it's uh this is now episode seven this is now at minimum the fourth well i'll say it, max the fourth filler episode yes and the story has not progressed um are they gonna try and stretch the first game out into multiple seasons no this is from what we, everything we've heard. And again, based on where they yeah, they are from this episode, her trying to care for Joel, you're in the back third of the game or not third, but right. probably like the last 25, you're like 75% of the game through, yeah. through of the game, you know? So they said that this is just going to be season one mm-hmm. and season two is going to be game. I mean, this is the first game season one and season two would be the second game. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're heading into the last two episodes, uh, which are written by Craig Mazin and then Mazin and Cuckman wrote the finale. Both are directed by Ali Abisi. Uh, and you know, he's a new voice on the scene, I guess he's been, well, I guess he's, he's been directing, uh, so he's Persian, 
So, oh, he's an Iranian filmmaker. So he's been he's been hot on that Iranian scene since 2008 with um, one, two, three, three short films uh, and three longer films, like regular movies. So, you know, it is what it is. He did Shelley. Anyway, Shelley. Yeah. So I don't know. It has nothing to do with Mary, um, Mary Shelley. So Frankenstein's monster doesn't pop up in it. I'm not caring about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I just, like, honestly, I regret starting this show. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm i I'm right there with I, you. I was super excited that HBO was going to do a premiere format, prestige format of a video game, one that had such a rich story to draw from, and what do they do? They just gay it up. They filler it up. And I'm I'm left wondering how Neil Cuckman was involved with the Uncharted games. I I don't know. I truly do not know. Right? Right? Um I mean he obviously was not in charge of that first game as far as the story went. Oh, Last of Us? Yeah. No way. Right. So I can totally believe he was in charge of the second game, just based on everything that you've told me. But uh but yeah. This is oh, just absolutely. not a this is not a good show. Like the, the, the and this episode is not a good episode of the show. This is this is just drivel. This is this is masturbatory for these people. And you know, it's just one more thing to divide the fans. And again, the gay shit doesn't matter. It's the fact that you have to hide it. They're like, oh, we treat you into watching gay love stories. Yeah. <laughs> agenda, agenda, agenda. And you said it best with the um, subheading for this episode. It was laid out all for them. Yeah. Everything they had to do to make this a memorable amazing television series was laid out for them just like on like on the proverbial silver platter right and i thought for a second they were going to do that early on mm -hmm. then i got a little bit worried when we saw episode three mm -hmm. and then it's just continually and i don't mean just the filler stuff i mean it just continually gets more and more disappointing from where we started right and to be honest i i think you might have told said this or a couple weeks ago or last week if they would have race swapped uh ellie and had uh nico newton or dandy right. newton starter play right. ellie this would have been so much better i, I think so was... i think it would have been a better show because she in, yes. in the what seven eight minutes we saw her 15 minutes um she was she was great far better than anything bella ramsey has done in this show yes and and you know what though and I, I will i will make a small excuse for bella ramsey it is really hard for british women to emote accents in an or emote emotion in an american accent it really is. That is fair. It really, Especially really is. And, and she was not, I'm sorry, just real quick. She was not the best uh -huh. person for this job. 
And I'm going to say, especially since she is probably very green in that regard, trying to switch accents. Right. And in, 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 I don't think she's been in a lot. And even if she has, she, you know, we know her in Game of Thrones. She used a regular accent. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that is a that is actually a, a, a good point. It's it's like when you're speaking fluently in one language and then learning another language and, and having to speak like a two year old child in that language because you're like slowly talking right. and make right. that that makes sense, which I, I didn't even think about that, honestly. So to, that could be a definite part of the reason we're having trouble connecting with her because right. I, I can't connect with her except on scenes when her and Pedro, when she's playing off Pedro. Right. So, yeah, I mean, cause when, again, like I'm going to go back to the, to bionic woman, um, the reboot one. That's a great David point. Eck, right? Yes. Because, uh, Michelle Ryan, who played Jamie Summers just could not get the accent right. And it wasn't until like, let me see here. It was, I want to say it was like, yeah, it was the fifth episode when she gets to go undercover as a British transfer student and she gets to use her own accent. Like it's actually, it's mentioned here on the Wikipedia page. Um, Jamie finally gets to experience college when she goes undercover as a British transfer student with Michelle Ryan using her own British accent and parentheticals. Um, and yeah, it's just like, that was the best episode of her for that show. And what they should have done in that show is they should have run with Katie, Katie Sackoff as the bionic woman, but whatever. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Um, you know, but yeah. Um, I just, yeah, it's, I, I, I would have definitely, I definitely would have switched up some of the, some of the roles. Yeah. So, but you know, that just me. Oh man, I totally forgot. Um, Lucy Hale was the little sister in this show. And bionic woman. Yeah. She's been typecast as a little sister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ultimately though, with this show, I'm not going to remember. There's nothing memorable about it. I am never going to come back and watch this show. Like I'm just not. I know I'm not. I, yeah. It's. It. I. I am not watching season two. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not watching it. Yeah, I'm not letting you let me watch. Make me watch this. I'll cancel HBO before I watch season two. <laughs> I'm not Whoa. kidding. I will. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the only place you can watch the DC stuff, but I'll do it. I'll cancel it. <laughs> I'll, I'll sacrifice and not watch season two of Young Justice again. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm like, um, like the uh, what was it? The the Saturday Night Live clip where it was like they were um, Marsha, what's her name from the OJ trial? <laughs> she was like, she has the series. I'll do it. I'll cut my bangs. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway. All right. Um, let's move on to The Mandalorian. Mando um, is back. I mean, we saw Mando less than a year ago um, with the, the book of Boring Fett. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So, out of five, I can't believe this wasn't Den to start the episodes. <laughs> What do you I I'd give it a two and a half. Oh, really? Five. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
this is the this is the rare occasion. I was a three out of five. I was higher than you. Um, yeah, I think this uh, this this episode suffers from the fact that the pilot happened during or the premiere of this season happened during Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Um, if, yeah, if, if we just transplanted those episodes to these to this to this season mm -hmm. especially i could from i when i'm you know remembering episode one of season three the true episode one of season three and episode two i had a lot of fun with those episodes they were great they well um I, I don't know both of them hold on I'm, I'm pulling it up uh but the the book of boba few <laughs> um but I like Bryce Dallas Howard directed at least the first one with him. Um, yeah, she did the first one, and Dave Filoni did the second one because it had his girl in it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, so this this episode was. Uh, it was written by John Favreau. So John Favreau is writing or co-writing every episode of the series. Um, there is not a white man directing an episode. Yeah, that's. I think we talked about that. Well, because uh, we didn't know who was directing the seven. We weren't and eight, sure. And yeah. it's Rick uh, Rick Famuyiwa, or I'm I'm not even sure how to say his name because it's Nigerian and I don't I don't know the the proper way to pronounce it. So. Um, he's directing the first episode and then seven and eight. Um, so chapters 17 and then 23 and 24. Um, so yeah, anyway, I mean, not that that matters, but like they've got Rachel Morrison who like literally has done nothing. Like she was a, um, a director of photography, right? Um, Lee Isaac Chung, who, did uh, that one movie with Carl Yun about the farmer? Um, Carl Weathers, who oh, did a Minari really good. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what it's called. Um, Carl Weathers, he directed. He directs a ton of TV, so no worries there. Uh, Peter Ramsey, he was involved with directing Rise of the Guardians, the um, the DreamWorks animated show. So sure, but you know, we'll, we'll give him a shot there. Bryce Dallas Howard, who is the darling of the Star Wars television universe um, as far as directing episodes. And yeah, so I I don't know. So obviously we're not getting any Ahsoka Tano. Well, most likely we're not getting any Ahsoka Tano um, in this season and let, until chapter 23 when maybe they have Thrawn show up. So just a thought there. Um, okay. So I thought this episode looked fantastic. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely. This was, this yes. was like the best looking like it's been not to say the other episodes were bad looking or anything, but just between the space battles and being on land and um, the Mandalorian castle with, um, with Jake Catan. <laughs> <laughs> so bounding has a thing <laughs> said they gave him the gave her the Jake Skywalker treatment, um, which we'll get to that. Um, 
but I love the new ship. I don't even know what it's called. Did they name it yet? Yeah, I was about to say, I don't even know if they named it. He named it. Yeah, so um, so instead of the Razor Crest, it'll be the um, the Razor Blade. There we go. I mean, because it is a sharper weapon. A sharper, or it's, it's, it's shaped like a blade. Uh, I mean, I love the Nubu Starfighter. Um, I think it. I think it's really, really awesome. Um, and and you know, I, I found it funny too that he's all of a sudden Anakin Skywalker level pilot, considering like what what was the joke I made earlier? He was like an Asian driver in the Razor Crest. He hit everything around him <laughs> constantly. Um. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, yeah. So the N one Starfighter, it doesn't. I don't think it has a name yet. So, but man, it was so cool. It was awesome watching him like dip and dive and 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 go in and out and plant hide and seek in the in the asteroid belt. That was just really freaking cool. Um, yeah, and uh, it reminded me yeah. of the episode where was it episode six of season one where we first get uh. uh when they were in the prison, it was the prisoner episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where it it was like it was filmed almost like a, where he would come up on the Mercs that like betrayed him, mm-hmm. and it looked like a horror movie. And I loved how he was taking out those fighters in that similar way, where yeah. he would just come out of nowhere and it, or yeah. they didn't even see. Yeah, that's pretty good. It was actually showing his competence. Yes. Which showing we've had trouble with that ass. Yes, we have had trouble yeah. with that. You're correct. We've had trouble with that earlier um, in the season, like season one and stuff. So. Yeah. So the episode opens with a kid uh, with the with the armor making a helmet for a kid. Um, you know, reading him into the cult, um, and it's like, oh, sweet! They're showing a flashback of him getting his first helmet. That's what I thought. Yeah, and, and then, um, th- then it, it, it so much wasn't. Um, it was. It was definitely, um, you know, a lot of good Mandalorians died at that ceremony. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> considering they can fly, they were really slow <laughs> to take to the sky. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was going to say that what's happening yeah. here. And, uh, the other thing too, is with, um, John Favreau's, um, heavy gunner, man, Mando, um, is it Previt? No, Paz Vizsla. Uh, uh, I think it's Paz Vizsla. Uh, yeah. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Paz, Paz Vizsla right there. Um, but wa- watching, watching him like, shoot and shoot and shoot and then be like to this guy i'm like you why didn't you just fucking take off um, <laughs> like 90 percent of you have jetpacks um but then like i thought the armorer was gonna die and i was like you can't kill it Millie swallow you just can't no That's well my I favorite didn't character realize- in the whole show and she is like yeah. so dedicated to the cult like like she, she one hundred percent canceled Dan Jaren as a Mandalorian, and like she's ready to do it to <laughs> anybody else. It was like dares to like, well, I needed to drink a water. Tough. You don't even lift the helmet anymore because of what Den did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
Oh yeah, but I mean that was really cool, and the monster was awesome. Uh, the croco turtle. Yeah, the um, the aquatic monster. Uh, but luckily, Din arrived in the Starfighter and and you know, blowed it up. Yeah, did what Starfighters do to creatures like that. Yes. Um. So then, I, it was really interesting though, because she's like, "You're a Mandalorian no more." Uh, he's like, "Yeah, but I want to be." <laughs> So this is the thing that kind of threw me off for that. Yeah. And because I told you there, it seemed uh, there are several times where I felt that things were missing and we know, and this is the other thing. There's a, a, a big time jump, a few years. So that's what's missing. From the life. fact that it doesn't say yes. two years later. <laughs> later. <laughs> um, because remember, yeah. well, I don't have to tell you remember, but he, he had this conversation with her. Yeah. When she asked him, have you taken off your helmet? And he said, yes. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, you're a Mandalorian no further, no more. So why is he two years later coming back? That's that's one of the things that confused me. The the whole, uh, when he went to go see uh, Bo-Katan, it it just felt like the the editing of this, of the story itself, not necessarily the cutscenes, but the story and the way the story was edited and not giving us enough lead into it, that's what, what the most jarring thing was for me. So this I didn't episode think it was, was 35 minutes of actual like screen time, which is the mm-hmm. shortest it's been so far. Um, and they, it's, it feels like they cut a bunch of stuff out. Yes. Because I, I, that's, that's what I could not get over watching it. I, every there's a there's a couple times where I was just I just frowned because it felt like something was missing. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, and then uh, I just want to give a special shout out to I don't even know how to pronounce this asshole's name uh, to Insider Magazine who felt like they clumsily handled the Cara Dune, uh, you know question when they were when when din shows up on navarro and he's like oh where's marshall dune and he's like and you know grief cargo is like oh she she brought in gideon which he would have known and now she's special forces which he would have known and so it's like okay um but like there's a lot of people who are like oh they should have said she was dead that she died in an accident or something because she's so hateful with her, her tweets that she retweeted things or liked things, even even things that she like posted herself. Um, yeah, yeah. Like we said when we were talking, there the, the Filoni doesn't hate her. Mm-hmm. Favreau doesn't hate her. The cast Pedro loves her. Doesn't we know her. that. Yeah, yeah. The things that Carl Weathers said about her and how nice she is and how much she he cares about her. And like, yeah, that's, yeah, that, and and the majority of people, if you actually told them what she said, ninety eight percent. Well, I won't say ninety eight percent because there is a small population that voted for someone who should be in a retirement home. But anyway, most people who are who can actually think, if they heard what she actually said. That, that I know wouldn't hate her would would, would love right. her right there are only a put basically there are only a very few people 
who don't like her, and they all fit under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. And sad, unfortunately, some of those people are at the head of Lucasfilm. Yes, yes, um, yes. I, I I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I think that. Uh, yeah, I, I think they did a really good job leaving the door open for her to come back. And that's what you it's also what you call smart yeah. writing too. Because, yeah, I mean like why you can get why yeah. Like to quote a character like that. Yeah. An yeah. actress like that. To quote King Arthur, the end of the the King Arthur and Legend of the Sword by Guy Ritchie starring Charlie Hunnam. Why have enemies when you can have friends? <laughs> Let's eat. Um <sighs> Yeah, that movie was so much fun. It's so it's so underrated. I love watching it. Um, I love the soundtrack too. Anyway, speaking of, soundtrack, I was about to say I love the, the trailer. I love the uh, yeah. I love the soundtrack for the Mandalorian. I love it. I think it is yes. it's so different from the rest of Star Wars, yet it fits so well. Um, but no, okay. So two things. Bo Katan was Jake got the Jake Skywalker treatment. She's like pouting. In some Mandalorian castle, she's like, "Well, they all left me, and now they're bounty hunting and mercenarying around the planet." But they followed her before without the dark saber, right? Like she didn't lose the dark saber again this time. Gideon, no. No. like Gideon, played all of them. <laughs> Oh, he absolutely did. He's playing like 13D chess while they're all playing, you know, jacks. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but 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 at the end of the day, that it just didn't make sense. And it's like, she's just completely like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm not. I don't want to help. Like, Mandalore is cursed, but there's still people there. <laughs> okay, what's happening? It's... <laughs> Even good writers fall for mm-hmm. this idea that you have to have some of these characters down and out right. at one point. But again, that's fine if they're battling against the odds. What they did with Bo-Katan doesn't, like you said, doesn't make sense yeah. though. Yeah, it does. It make it really makes no sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just kind of we're jumping around here. So Din goes back to Navarro because he needs a droid to help him watch after Grogu. And when he sees Grief Karga and he's like, oh, how's the little one? And he's like, his name's Grogu. And he's like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, it's the most meta thing, right? Like that is what most Star Wars fans have been like when it comes to Grogu. It's like, they're like, it's Baby Yoda. It's like, it's Grogu. It's Baby Yoda. Whatever. No, it's Grogu. Who's this Grogu you speak of? Who the fuck is Grogu? It's Grogu. It's not like, and like there's people who are militant about like the Grogu thing. And then there's people who are militant about it's Baby Yoda. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, I, I just think that, uh, it's funny, but he wants, uh, he wants IG 11 brought back to life because it's the only droid I've ever trusted. (laughs) Oh man, that, and I did like how they had the statue to IG 88, but it was like most of just IG 88. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it was such a nice touch. I don't understand how you give this a two and a half out of five. This is this is this is better than mid. 
I, it's not for me. Yeah. It, it really I don't know. I like the it, pirates. It, I like the fact that they were like, we're drinking in this building. It's a school. We don't care. We're drinking here anyway. So the IG-11 thing, and this is what I told yeah. you, and, and and again, also with the Darksaber, and I think we've mentioned this before at sometimes with the Mandalorian, especially early on in season one. Mm-hmm. Feels like side quests in a RPG open yeah. world game. Where I mean, you yeah. have to get this to get that, and then oh, once that's done, you can do this part of your main story, and then you have to go here to do this. Which so again, just speaking of the, that, though, imagine this is an open mm-hmm. world Star Wars game where you're playing oh, as the Mandalorian, man, right? That would be so much like, fun. This would be an amazing game to play, and like to go through all of this, and like you have to go meet. You know, you have to go meet Luke Skywalker on some random planet to get your little baby Yoda back. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, no, that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, they probably screw it up. Yeah, yeah. Although next month, Jedi Survivor. We'll see. They're gonna push it's it back. Supposed again. to be this month. They're gonna push it back again. February. It's gonna be. It's gonna be June. It's gonna be June, um, but yeah. So IGE eleven reverts back to his violent programming, as they say, which was like he sees Baby Yoda Grogu, and he's like, "Yeah, I gotta capture or kill this thing," and like goes nuts. And luckily, you know, like he's just got one arm and a leg and no legs. The um, they gave him the Anakin Skywalker lava treatment. Um, <laughs> And he's like crawling, and like they can barely stop him. <laughs> it's like, oh, why? Why do you want him? And they gave him to the Babu Frick thing, which was stupid. Oh, oh how about did, this? Line? I deducted an entire point for that. <laughs> how about this line here? Uh, that's a way to use your talk about how to use your head. Yeah, right. Or, or that's a good way to use your head. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Mando's dropping puns here. Yup. So, well, you know, two years flying around in a tiny little spaceship all cooped up, you, you know, things yeah, are, things are probably drive happen. anyone back. Yeah. yeah. Probably so, drive anyone barmy. Where he's only got Grogu to not talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I like him teaching him how to fly. I don't know. I So here's the thing, though, is I think because he was not a good pilot before and now he's a great pilot. Maybe Grogu is using the force to control him. Well, I did kind of say that. Like, he's not even really the one flying. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. You know, I mean, I think here's the thing is, like, we're in a lived-in world. It's been lived in since we got here with the Mandalorian. And if you didn't watch the book of Boba Fett, go back and watch chapters seven and eight and forget. Actually, just watch chapter seven and forget the rest of it ever happened. Um yeah, I'm so happy Robert Rodriguez isn't anywhere near this season. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you're you're making me watch this, so I'm I'm at least going to try and enjoy it. <laughs> I I again, I really hope it. As long as it stays with what we've seen in the Mandalorian, it'll be fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm yeah. kind of battered from what we've seen the last few weeks from the last. Sure. Of us. Yeah. You're gun shy. Oh, yeah. I will say when you sent me the text this morning with the login stuff, 
um, or yesterday morning, mm-hmm. whenever it was, yeah, yesterday morning, I was like, um, uh, what is D plus? <laughs> what is D plus? Uh, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm watching you. I was like, what is he talking about? And then then it struck me what day it was. And it was like, oh, he wants me to watch The Mandalorian today. (laughs) (laughs) And then you made an account for me on there, and it was so nice. But you gave me Mando and not R2. It's like you don't even know me. The most important character in the Star Wars universe. It's like you don't even know me. It's my favorite Star Wars character. Because he's the yes. hero. And very important. He's the most important. Talk about a Mary Sue. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I mean, he is the ultimate Mary Sue. Or Gary Stew. Or whatever you want to say. However he identifies. Anyway. Um, on that note, anything else you want to add? I am... I it, I was thinking about this the other night. If I would have watched 1883 last year, it would have 100% been on my top five list of shows for 2022. I, it um, is, I tried to watch 1883 last year, and I kept falling asleep during the first episode, so I gave up on it. Don't you do that for almost every episode, first episode of a show you watch? <laughs> Not every, just Vikings. That's like your just Vikings. <laughs> With Vikings that's, that's no your, matter like, what, calling card. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. So I don't know. Just my couch is so comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when when I was over, like when you the first time I came over there, I think it was yeah. the first time. Oh yeah, I was totally like and you fell asleep, yeah. and I'm trying to wake you up. I'm like, dude. What's to throw some water on this guy? Like, are you alive? Are you no, breathing? I died. I died on the comfy couch, the sleeping couch, as it's been called. So I'm gonna go downstairs, and Haley's gonna sleep. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what happens. Um, Honestly, like when he said, when when Pedro Pascal said, like his his focus was going to be the Last of Us over this, I'm like, why? <laughs> After yeah. watching this episode, um, oh, the pirates, the pirates were cool. Like that was fun. I liked all the ships. I I liked the 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 space battle. So it was all good. And this is the thing. Like we've talked about how sometimes these, especially Boba Fett, but. There, it's a, a new Star Wars tends to look too clean and just almost like not lived in, and I got the sense a little, except for when he went to visit uh, Bo-Katan, like when he was yeah. in Navarro, it seemed more lived in, mm-hmm. and even I, though it I was all brand new, kudos for that. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't see a lot, but we saw. I saw enough where I was like, okay, this this seems like this is lived in. So. That that's kudos to them for that as well. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Cool. All right, we're gonna wrap it up here. Episode three seventy five. It's all good, all fun. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. We're gonna talk about Creed three. Hopefully, Daryl's gonna go see it. Yeah. Since yeah. you powered through one I'll, and two. I'll go see it. Yeah. Yes, I will go see it. Jen hasn't seen any of them, so I'm gonna make her watch Creed two tonight. <laughs> 
Yeah, you probably could get away with that. You don't have to watch the first one to to understand what's going to happen right. in this movie. Yeah, I was so, thinking. Yeah, you probably don't. Yeah, because so. they do enough of a flashback to what was happening. So, um, but yeah, all right, cool. Well, we'll see you all next week. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Peace. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.